So I'm just I'm just going to come out and say it. Here's the deal. NFL most parity out of any professional sports league in this week made it obvious. Week nine was the absolute craziest week in the NFL this season. And honestly, it's pushing the boundaries of being the craziest week in the entire NFL history over the last like five years, because this week was insane. Upsets all over the place. People were struggling with their pickums. A lot of dead pools, a lot of survivor pools got ruined this week with a lot of upset losses. Obviously, starting with the Jaguars over the Bills. If you haven't already done that, go check out our Jags Bills recap. If you're a Jags fan, go check that out. But we do want to look at a few other NFL games. Matt, I want to welcome you back in. And let's let's just talk about this week. I just want to hear your thoughts. Crazy week in the NFL. What the hell happened? Dude, I don't know. That yeah, you you put the nail in the coffin right there. You know, this was a craziest week. I'm looking at all my picks from this week. You know, the conference points that I do. Dude, I had my lowest total I think I've ever had. I had 47 points out of a total of 105. That's less than 50%. For example, Dallas, didn't get that one. Cincinnati, didn't get that one. New Orleans, Las Vegas, Buffalo, uh, and the Rams. Like, dude. What was-, was the, uh, what was the highest point total that you actually hit on this week? That I hit on? Yeah, like your highest confidence point that actually hit. Oh gosh, I'll have to look back at the emails. Um uh, I th- it was close to a hundred, I think. Uh I have to I'll have to go back and uh look through my uh my emails from my uncle because he sends he sends them weekly, but I don't know how many I actually had. Yeah. Uh I said I won a couple weeks ago, but I don't actually know. Uh let's see. Yeah, well here's the deal. I think what's crazy about this week was it was the first time in NFL history where four teams that were six-point dogs or worse all got the win straight up. Obviously, Jacksonville over Buffalo. Uh, then I, you actually had the Titans over the Rams in Los Angeles out, without Derrick Henry, mind you. We'll get to this game in a little bit. That was a huge upset as well, seeing that the Titans uh, go in there and get the W against the Rams. Then you had the, the Falcons over the Saints, like you mentioned, and then obviously the Broncos over the Cowboys. 10-point dogs there for the Broncos. So all these teams, if you had a parlay with those teams, you could have put like five bucks to probably win like 10,000 because that's how unreal these upsets were. But let's start this off. Let's ask the easy question, right? Broncos over the Cowboys, Jags over the Bills. If you had to take one team right now between the Bills and the Cowboys to make the playoff or to, to make the Super Bowl, which team would it be after those two horrendous upset losses? Oh, gosh. I think... I think you still go with the Bills uh, as a better team uh, just because I'm not too worried about Josh Allen. I think they'll be able to bounce back. But for the Cowboys to get Dak Prescott back and to give up 30 points to the Broncos, let alone you were down 30 to nothing and scored all 16-year points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Are they the biggest frauds right now? They, we, just said, I mean, we said the Broncos were the biggest frauds. Now the Cowboys just lost him, so that make them the biggest frauds. The yeah, the Broncos start off the season three and zero, and then they lose four straight games. And now, honestly, yeah, fraudulent is the word that I would use here. The Cowboys have to be considered the biggest fraud right now. You get back your number one player, your captain, the the leader of your team, and to come out and look that flat is unacceptable. Now, funny enough, I think the Cowboys' defense has been overperforming this entire season. 
So allowing 30 points isn't crazy. Uh, it's a lot, especially to the Broncos. But I also think water always finds its level. Shout out to Floppy Tom. Water always finds its level. And the Cowboys defense, I think, exposed themselves this week. That's the true, you know, you're not going to have a Trevon Diggs pick six every week of the season. So you, you look at you look at what the Cowboys did against the Broncos. I feel like that that type of defensive performance can become a trend. And if mm. you're doing that type of thing against the Broncos, that's something that if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm worried about. Not only that, Broncos just traded away Vaughn Miller, one of their the, the, the cornerstones of their defense, and then to allow 30 points to a Teddy Bridgewater-led Broncos team with like makeshift, you know, uh, 2010 fantasy superstars like Melvin Gordon. Like, come on, this is absurd. Javante Williams, a rookie running back. You have Cortland Sutton, who hasn't really come into his own just yet, but he's getting there. And then obviously Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. But the Broncos were the frauds week four, five, and six. Now the Cowboys have to take over as frauds. I agree with you 100%. I think the Bills will be fine. But if you had to go between the Bills and the Rams, where do you stand on that? Because the Rams, they were like nine and a half point favorites at one point, I think. And they end up losing to the the Titans without Derrick Henry. Uh, You have the Rams or the Bills in your corner. Who are you taking to go to the Super Bowl out of those divisions? Or out of those conferences, excuse me. I think, I mean... You can still say the Bills because who, who's the uh, who's the, the top favorite right now to win the AFC East? So I think I right now I would probably go the Rams. Yes, Matt Stafford probably had one of his worst performances of his career, especially at least this season. Back to back interceptions leading to two touchdowns. But you have the best receiver in the NFL, Cooper Cup. From at least one of the top candidates right now is an MVP. The defense honestly just had Von Miller. They're still stacked. You know, you can't take one loss and it turn into two. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much what the Bills did. You know, yeah. they took one loss and hopefully don't turn it to two. So I'd still go with the Rams, just I still think they're the better team. Uh, yeah. But the Bills, the Bills might have the easier path just coming out of the AFC East, which I'm glad yeah. you brought up because the Patriots 24 to 6 over the Panthers. I think everyone saw this coming. Panthers, much like the Broncos, they were a fraud for. Uh, the first half of the season, they started off 3-0 and as well, then proceeded to lose four straight. They got a win against the uh, the Falcons last week and now a loss to the Patriots. Patriots are sitting there at 5-4, and four, and the Patriots are the team that have knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs the last three times the Jags have been to the playoffs. But as a Jags fan, we helped out the Patriots this week by beating the Bills because right now the Bills are 5-3 and three, and the Patriots are 5-4 and four, and don't look now, Josh Allen, but Mac Jones has this Patriots team rolling and they look like they could be legit. Is this Bill Belichick uh, kind of coming into his own right now with the Patriots? Have they finally found their rhythm with this new put together team coming off the Tom Brady era that lasted way too long for every NFL fan to possibly imagine? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Mac Jones is looking pretty decent. Uh, Patriots now have come off three straight. I think the Patriots should also be considerate and oh God, we froze up again. Yo, you're good. I got you. I froze up. You're frozen? All yeah, right. I'm frozen. Oh, well, no. continue because I can hear you. Oh, wait. I might come back. Oh, there we go. There oh, we are. We had a scare, folks. We had a scare. Um, But as I was saying, I mean, I think the page should be considered. You know, you got the win, but you came into Carolina facing a, a dismal quarterback situation right now with Sam Darnold, who has looked awful these past couple of weeks. Um. But, again, the Patriots came off a big win earlier against the Chargers. Uh, 
you know, it, yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick, they, he's, he put together a blueprint right now for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold might be seeing ghosts again. Yeah. And so uh, I still think you can ride with the Patriots. It's going to be a tight battle. Uh, have Patriots and the Bills played each other this year at all? Um, the Patriots and the Bills have not. They will play each other Ooh. coming up late in the season. Week It looks like week 15, no, week 14, and then again in week 17. So two weeks Ooh. apart, the Bills and the Patriots will be playing each other. Oh, boy. That's good. That's going to be that's going to come down to the wire, I think, between those two. Yeah, so it's we'll it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. And here's why I believe in what the Patriots have done. Okay, they start the season with a embarrassing loss to the Dolphins, which a lot of people thought the Dolphins were going to be legit after that that win, or not legit, but maybe I think that said more about the Patriots after that loss. Uh, but then you know you go on, you beat the Jets, you lose to the Saints, who have now proven that they're obviously kind of in disarray as well. They lost Jameis Winston. You lose two points to the Bucks. That came down to the wire. You beat the Texans, and then you lose in overtime to the uh, to the Cowboys. Okay, so the Cowboys beat you in overtime. And then since that game, they've won three in a row. And this looks like a team that has finally found their form. Now, granted, they beat the Jets 54-13. They just, you know, they, they barely slide by the Chargers 27-24. And then they get past the Panthers 24-6. So this really does seem like a team that midseason, they have finally found their stride. And I'm not surprised. Sometimes with a rookie quarterback, it does take a little bit of time to get your act together. And that's exactly how it seems. I mean, coming up, they have the Browns, then they have the Falcons, and then the, another big test against the Titans. So it's not like it gets much easier. However, they do get the Browns and the Titans at home, which has to be nice for them. But looking at their schedule, I mean, they have a tough road ahead. It looks like this team had some of their easier games earlier in the season. But uh, I, I could see the Patriots kind of maybe winning four or five more games before it's said and done. You have the Falcons. Um, you know, the Colts won't be the easiest, the Jaguars proven they can beat someone. And then I expect the Patriots to beat the Dolphins at the end of the season. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of in on the Patriots right now, at least in this AFC East divisional race, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. What, what do we got from you from week nine, Matt? What do you have? Oh man. Uh, if we just keep looking down, uh, what's going on with, with Vegas right now, they're tough. Another tough week for them with the whole thing with Henry Ruggs. They just lost, uh, I think now, David Arnett, who is their 2020 first. They just lost both their first-round picks to just stupid stuff. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable, and quite frankly, you know, obviously, when when this happens to an athlete, a superstar, uh, a person that people look up to, um, you know, the, these are people, but this is unexcusable. Like, you know, we've seen athletes get uh, caught with drugs. We've seen athletes, you know, have all field issues here and there with little things, but this is not one of those deals. And, and I think sometimes we lose the fact that this was a human on human crime and that there's another family involved in this. And it's, it's heartbreaking what happened considering these guys have 52 other men on the active roster that they could call. They have coaches they can call. They have Ubers, private drivers, like these guys, Henry Ruggs going 157 miles an hour, killing a woman, off the Raiders, probably facing the rest of his life in prison, uh, uh, DUI manslaughter. Like, come on, this is inexcusable. And not only that, I couldn't care less about how the Raiders perform from here on out because that's obviously a team that has zero positive culture. And it starts at the top with Mark Davis, trickled down to the John Gruden hire. Now you have the Henry Ruggs issue and you have Damon Arnett. And who I feel bad for the most is Derek Carr because Derek Carr, he seems like a great guy. He seems like an extremely religious guy which doesn't automatically qualify you as a great guy obviously but he seems like a guy that has his head on straight and it feels like he 
is currently caught in a situation that everything around him is burning down, and he's just trying to go out and perform the best he can. I don't know what's going on with them, but that loss to the Giants this week does not soften the blow at all for the Raiders. No, it does. You you said it again. You know, with with Derek Carr, I think he can only do so much uh, to what he can provide for at least both of the guys. You know, he can be there for support, but at the same time, you know, he can't change the outcome of what happened. Uh, you know. Now you just got to focus on just winning games. And uh, I was kind of hoping um, they were able to get past that against the Giants. But, again, give credit to the Giants, um, not having Saquon Barkley, uh, not having Stone Shepard, and uh, Danny Dimes uh, putting up a decent performance. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants just seem to be pulling their string together right now with the the weapons they have currently. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough break for the Raiders right now. Um, I hope they can bounce back from this and uh, we'll see what goes on for the rest of the season. And and yeah, we just talked about rugs and obviously Damon Arnett as well, but let's get into this OBJ talk because this is obviously taking the NFL world by storm. Simple question. Is Cleveland just better off without OBJ? They certainly look like it. They yeah. definitely did put up 41 points. Um, I, I personally believe so. I think um, I don't know what's up with OBJ, whether if he, he can't say something if it's just a distraction to what he says something or he just can't say something. But, I mean, they've gone this far without him so far throughout the two seasons. Uh, I think, yeah, I think they can flat out play better without him so far. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to see OBJ have to go through this. Um, hopefully we wish him the best of luck to whichever team uh, he signs with uh, maybe today or tomorrow or at some point this week. But, uh, no, I think – they're definitely a much better team, you know, uh, they don't have to worry about him in the locker room and all that. And, uh, but yeah. Yeah. You know, this is a classic addition by subtraction type thing where you lose a superstar, you know, you, you, you have a diva, you have a superstar who was great six years ago, five years ago. He's had the injury bug. He makes a one handed catch, takes the world by storm on the cover of Madden. And he goes to a team that had Super Bowl aspirations, divisional aspirations, they finally made the playoffs after so many years. It was crazy. Great story. But at the end of the day, like he, he's overstayed his welcome in Cleveland. And sometimes when you have too many mouths to feed, there's not enough food in the kitchen. And I think that's what's happening in Cleveland. They have Kareem Hunt. They have Nick Chubb. And now they have Dearness Johnson, who's obviously playing well in Cleveland. Austin Hooper showing up. They still have Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then you obviously have Baker Mayfield. And my biggest thing is when you have a guy like OBJ on the team with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who... Baker Mayfield thrives off leadership. He is the type of guy who gets better as people start to believe in him and start to trust him. And OBJ was stealing so much of that spotlight, so much of that leadership from from Baker. I felt like Baker's performance was kind of dwindling because of OBJ's antics. So to see Baker now finally be free of OBJ, everyone keeps saying OBJ is freed, OBJ is freed. Well, yeah, think about how the Browns feel. They just go out and put up a 41 spot on the Bengals, who were number one in the AFC two weeks ago, obviously before losing to the Jets. But you got to be happy as a Browns fan. You finally got rid of OBJ, a guy who maybe has been there for a little bit too long. I think I think Cleveland's better off. We saw this last year when OBJ got injured. Cleveland went on their run. OBJ's gone. Now Cleveland has the Patriots coming up. Two teams trending in the same exact direction. That's going to be a fun one on Sunday. Absolutely. Just look at these stats right now from the game. I look at the receiving total, and the biggest guy that stands out, you know, only Jarvis Landry had three catches, but other than that, 
Donovan Peoples-Jones, you mentioned his name. He had two catches for 86 yards and a tutter. Do you see him now as a guy that's going to step up and take over OBJ what should have been his role? Yeah, no, for sure. I think a lot of times these rookie wide receivers, um, some of the newer guys in the league, maybe third, fourth round picks, you know, they're not given the same shot as the first over the first round guys, second round guys, or the guys that have made their name in the league. And I think sometimes you can find those diamonds in the rough when a, a superstar like OBJ departs. And Jaguar saw it with James Robinson. When Leonard Fournette left, that gave James Robinson the opportunity to step up and be something great. And that's exactly what the Jaguars have found in James Robinson. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was obviously a great player at Michigan, and he just hasn't had the opportunity. And it goes back to having way too many mouths to feed. When you have two capable running backs, a bunch of receivers, you need to find playing time. And I think he's finally going to have that playing time. And he might be the kind of guy that the Browns need to step up to take them into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I saw him early in the season. I think it was against Arizona. He had a couple of catches. So he's definitely proven to the league right now that he's here to play, especially to Cleveland. So uh, I hope for the best of him to see uh, what he does moving forward. Well, let's get to this real quick. A fantastic uh, a fantastic game for your Baltimore Ravens. We'll touch on this briefly. Um, obviously, it looked like the Vikings were going to pull off a big upset against the Ravens, and it just kind of blended in well with this weekend. Ravens end up going into overtime with the Vikings, 34-31, and this is a Vikings team that has been pretty resilient all year. Like They got blown out for, uh, 34-20 against the Washington football team, but other than that, they've been in one-score games every week of the season. So the Ravens, I was fully expecting this to be a close game simply because the Vikings play that way. Um, Ravens get the job done in overtime. Are the Ravens the number one team in the AFC right now? Um, Yeah, I mean, not to be biased, I still think the Ravens are definitely one of the top teams in the AFC right now. I'm not going to say they're the best team. Uh, considering the fact that we, we still can't get away with the injury bug, uh, we just lost to Sean Elliott now for the rest of the season, who is for a strong safety. So now we got to do with the issues right there, as we've already had. But, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson just keeps doing Lamar Jackson things to stay in the game. Uh, but, I mean, Minnesota is one of the you know, best teams, I still think. I want to say the best team. But uh, they find ways to stay in games. Their problem was they just can't finish games. Uh, but the Rams have certainly proved during the year if they can do that. And, uh, you know, you just got to find a way to stop Lamar, uh, stop the running game right now, putting up 247 yards on the ground. Uh, Lamar Jackson just keeps breaking records. Uh, Marquise Brown had a great game, 116 yards. And so I think the biggest key is uh, you just got to stop Lamar Jackson. If you can't stop Lamar Jackson, then I think the rest of the NFL is uh, in danger right now. Yeah, I think I think here's the thing for me is the Chiefs a few years ago, I think kind of spoiled the NFL as like being a dominant team. You have to blow teams out left and right. And that's going to happen a few weeks at a time. But Ultimately, it's the NFL, and these are grown men getting paid millions of dollars that are all very similar in talent, and there's a few pieces here and there that you know are the difference maker for a lot of teams, and obviously, Lamar Jackson is a huge difference maker for the Baltimore Ravens, but I think it's okay to win a game by three points or six points. Obviously, for the Bills, it's not okay to lose to the Jags by three points or the Cowboys to lose to the Broncos by thir- uh, 14 points, but to win a game against a team that's proven that they can compete, they competed against the Cowboys, they've competed in the past against other good teams, um, I think it's perfectly fine for the Ravens to win how they did, especially considering the fact 
with what Lamar Jackson is working with. He has very little talent surrounding him as far as the starters from preseason and training camp, and he's still finding a way to get it done. And for that reason, that's why I kind of lean towards Lamar Jackson as being MVP, at least right now, just because of what he's been capable of doing with so much less than other teams are. The Chiefs are struggling right now in Kansas City, and they have Tyreek Hill, and you know Edwards Alaire will be back eventually, but they still have Travis Kelsey. The, the Ravens, they have every excuse to be a 500 team right now, but they're six and two. So pretty impressive for them. Anything else from you for uh, for week nine? What more you got? Uh, bro, can we talk about last night? The yeah, Bears Steelers. Dude, uh, I'm not a Steelers fan for obvious reasons, but I went to bed in the third quarter. I know kind of expecting Pittsburgh to do its thing. I wake up, I see the Bears are starting to come back. You know, they pull within, uh, I think it was, they're up by one. And then they get a sack for fourth down. And I think everybody else knows what we're talking about. If you don't know, uh, guy for the Bears, I forget his name, got a sack. Then he Cassius over, Marsh is the Cassius name. Cassius Marsh, Marsh. And looked over to the Steelers bench, did nothing, just stared, and then turns around and then hits the official. And then the official throws a flag. But, you all saw, y'all know what happened. He looks like he leans in and then throws the elbow. Oh, nope, there's a flag. We got we gotta give Big Ben. We gotta protect him. We gotta let him win the game. That's- yeah, I mean it was the ultimate ultimate way the Steelers get treated. Like, you know, they always seem to get the benefit of the doubt. And obviously against the Bears in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, like it seemed the entire game, all the calls were going against the Bears. And the Bears honestly they still found a way to keep it close. They still found a way to take the lead. Justin Fields. I, I what I feel bad about is Justin Fields had a great game. He led, um, you know, he led them on the game leading drive with about a minute and thirty left in the game, or two minutes left in the game. Um, he played great, and it's all getting overshadowed by these officials just overstepping their power and trying to over officiate the game. Like, there's nothing wrong with just two teams playing and battling it out and just competing. And, you know, that the referees did everything in their power to obviously give the Steelers chance after chance after chance. And the Steelers ended up coming out on top. Um, I'm a little annoyed by it. Honestly, I think the NFL should be a better product than that. We shouldn't be in a situation where these grown men have to deal with, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, they taunted me or whatever the case is. Just a little bit annoying. So hopefully um, we'll see what happens from here. The Steelers have a tough schedule ahead. They get the Lions next week, but then they have Chargers. Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. I mean, those are all likely going to be playoff teams, minus minus the Vikings, obviously. They have a tough road ahead. So uh, that AFC North division looks like it's probably the Ravens right now, uh, potentially the Browns, if they can turn it up and at least compete without OBJ now. So wild ending there. Let's talk about this. No Henry, no problem, dude. The Titans go into LA and just, honestly dismantle the Rams 28 to 16, but it wasn't even that close. Matthew Stafford had zero competence in the pocket and the Titans just completely dominated the game. It was one of the most surprising outcomes of a game this week. Yeah, no, you pretty much said it. Uh, I think my question to you at, at, from this game, obviously you said no Henry, no problem, but defense stepped up in a huge way. Is this, I know a lot of people have said that the Titans defense is not that great, but did the Titans actually just show what kind of defense they're capable of? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, this is a team that that's defense has not played well. 
Um, they they were expected to kind of be a middle of the road team. They've been playing at that or worse this entire season. Um, and they've been the type of team that's just leaned on Derrick Henry week after week after week to just milk the clock and pound the rock. And um, I think it's almost, again, like the whole OBJ thing, a little bit of addition by subtraction. The Titans lost Derrick Henry. Everyone else on the team woke up. A.J. Brown woke up. The defense woke up. The defense knew, okay, we don't have our superstar guy here anymore. We're going to have to step up and be a team that you know people have to be afraid of. We're not going to outscore everyone anymore. We got to go in there and make some stops. I, I don't know. I don't think that the Titans can repeat that performance week after week because I do think they lack some depth here and there. But ultimately, I think the Titans defense almost reverse of the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I think, expose themselves in a very negative way. I think the Titans expose themselves in a very positive way. And I think the rest of the league has to be aware of what the Titans defense is capable of, especially against Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, like all these guys, uh, Brandon Cooks even, like, come on, or uh, Robert Woods, excuse me, sorry. Uh, that That's a good offense. That's one of the best offenses in the league, and the Titans put them in a chokehold and won that game. So it, Yeah, I mean, it's crazy about looking at the rest of their schedule. You know, without Derrick Henry, they can still potentially win the rest of their games they wanted to. You got you got the Saints coming up, then you got the Texans. They go on the road to New England. Then they're at home against the Jaguars. Have to go to Pittsburgh. Then they got the Niners, the Dolphins, and then the Texans to run out the seed. And so uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's we'll gonna see. be it's gonna be interesting to see. Two last topics I want to hit on real quick. Um, the Chiefs are just weird right now. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know if it's because we've had three years of watching them just dominate and look good, but weird is the only word I can describe the Chiefs with right now. They get the win over the Packers, thirteen to seven, but none of it was convincing. Like absolutely nothing they've done in the last four weeks has been convincing to me. The Chiefs are weird. No, they absolutely are. I don't know what goes on right now in that uh in their team meetings or whatnot, what goes on in the play calling, but yet something's off, man. Something's off about that offense. I don't know what like I said last week, I don't know if it's Mahomes uh having finger issues or if he's just having uh issues just I don't know like I don't know what the issue is. It's it's weird. It's that weird. We can't figure out the issue. Yeah, it's just it's it's absurd. I mean, I I still want to believe they'll figure it out and get it together. But right now, if the playoffs started today, they would not make the playoffs. Like nope. the Patriots would be the seventh seed, and the the Chiefs would be the eighth seed, and the Chiefs would not be in the playoff picture right now, which is just absurd to me. Hopefully, they put it together. They get Edwards Lair back this week or next week, whatever it is. But it's just a weird situation for Mahomes. I don't know how much his family has to do with it, but just interesting shit going down in Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a curse of Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, get Stop, Jackson Mahomes. Get get him off here. TikTok. Get him get him away from all the NFL stadiums. You know, did did he do any more TikToks this week? As much as I probably don't want to know, but I don't know, I don't know man. What, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't keep up, but I don't know what what the word is out right now. Him and Patrick's wife. They just they just TikTok left and right all over the place. Oh my gosh! Well, and Patrick could, just pulls he, in five hundred million bucks. Exactly. And Patrick looks like he's enjoying himself in those TikToks. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sitting at the <laughs> restaurant like, what the fuck is going he's on? He's looking up like, oh, God, this again? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. What else we got? We got we got Cardinals Niners. Is that the last one? We want to talk yeah, about? we'll hit Cardinals Niners. There was a few other games, but th- these are pretty much the, the most interesting ones right now. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess I, I do want to kind of look at that one real quick. Cardinals pull off a, a 31-17 win without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, James Conner stepped up in a huge way. They lost Chase Edmonds in the first offensive snap. So the Cardinals lose their three main starters on offense. Um, are the Cardinals that scary now without without having them? The real McCoy, dude, or whatever it is, Colt the McCoy. Real Colt McCoy, dude. It's 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 crazy. One, I don't even know how he's still in the league. Like, I feel like he's kind of like the Brady Quinn era or like the Greg McElroy era. I don't know how he's still in the league. I guess same thing with like Chad Henney and Blaine Gabbert. But um, I mean, he stepped in and he stepped up. Like it, it didn't even they didn't even miss a beat. And obviously, the 49ers are not world beaters. I think a lot of people were hyped on the 49ers coming off that win two weeks ago. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looked a lot better, but I think this game proves to everyone in the NFL world that not only are the Cardinals good, but the Cardinals are great. And Colt McCoy being able to step up the receiving core without DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk and, and AJ Brown and um, all those guys who, who else do they have Rondell Moore. I think it is like they just have guys left and right. And now, now obviously Zach yep. Ertz and yep. then James Connor looking like 2018, 2019 James Connor. Uh, leading the NFL in touchdowns right now. Who would have thought a backup or started the season as a backup for the Cardinals leading the NFL in touchdowns? This is a very, very scary team, especially after seeing what happened to the Rams on Sunday night against the Titans. I think the Cardinals, um, they're a team to look out for. Yep, on the feet on the road, they're five and zero right now. Niners just can't. Niners just can't figure it out at home, man. They haven't had that spark the last two years. Uh. Maybe it's time for Trey Lance to step up once he's back from injury. But uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I can't see anything going for the Niners the rest of the season, man. I just don't. I think. But you got to give credit to the Cardinals. They're just that good. A huge bounce back after uh, the Packers game. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, and obviously, uh, we talked Chiefs-Packers, but Aaron Rodgers is just a mess right now. His whole situation. I'm curious to see how the NFL comes down on him. Uh, he's kind of like one of those poster boys of the NFL, so I don't know what the punishment's going to be. But that's something to keep an eye on. We'll uh, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll have a few more videos coming up this week looking ahead to week 10. A lot of good games coming up, and when you get to double-digit weeks, that's when games really start to matter. You start to feel the pressure. You're getting into November. It's daylight savings time. The, 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 the winds are changing all over the country and games are about to get interesting. So we'll get into that in a few videos later on this week. Anything else from you, Matt? Nope. We just pretty much said it, man. There's a wild NFL week halfway through the season now. now let's keep it rolling. Let's, let's make this let's make this world go crazy. Yeah, let's just more chaos, dude. More chaos. I want the Jets to beat the Bills this week. I want the Jags to beat the I want every team with like one win to win. I want the Lions to beat the Steelers this week. That would be amazing. But uh it's that. gonna be a crazy ending to this NFL season, I can already tell.